world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I don't know you, but I got a reason to celebrate today. I thought I sent it to you, Spencer. Maybe I didn't. Hang on there a second. I got to send this to you right now. This is coming to Jared. Let's go here. Uh, oh, yeah, I got I got a reason to celebrate, and I just want to make all of you aware of it. I, okay, that email that's coming to you right now, Spence, go ahead and throw that thing up there because uh, – just want you all to be able to rejoice with me that today is the one year birthday of little Declan Abel, our, our grandson. Can you believe? Can you believe it's been a year? Can Amen, you believe it? boy, that went and, quick. And you guys, I want you all of you to to join join in this celebration because you know when he when he was born, he was going to have Down syndrome. He was going to have this, and he was going to have that, and he was going to do that. And all, see, the, listen, folks, it's always the battleground of the mind, always the battle of the ground. And I continue to say throughout the whole thing that he is fearfully and wonderfully made, because that's what the word said. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. Spencer, did I, did I get you a picture of that, brother? Did, no, I still haven't uh, come through yet. Oh, man, that's slow. Why is that so slow coming through? Well, when it comes through, Spencer will get it up there. I, Michelle and I and Maggie and all of our family, we just want to gratefully thank all of you, all of you who held him up in prayer during that 44 days that he was in that uh, he was in uh, the Nick unit at Children's Hospital. He was born and went to Children's Hospital to have surgery. So it's unbelievable, unbelievable. His little stomach and his little intestines were not connected. And somehow those doctors, it's amazing, isn't it? Somehow those somehow doctors went, went in there and were able to connect, connect it. We rejoice today is his first birthday, and just thank all of you out there who continue to hold him up in prayer. By the way, many of you who are, uh, I just I just thank all of you out there. Many of you out there who are praying for praying for our family. I know you. I know you are. I, I hear from you. Just appreciate it, and our faithfulness to pray for one another and lift up one another. And uh, we we don't take it for granted here in the Coach Dave house. That's for sure. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So, Spencer, I sent it twice, man. I, let me see if I can figure out what's going on here. I'm having phone trouble. Maybe that's part of the problem. I I just sent it to you on my phone, and I'll, I'll find it out here later. I'll, I'll get it up. I'll get it up for you here in a second, folks. Hey, I, um, man, listen, Myra, get ready to pray us in. Then Mel or Craig or whoever, give us a quick overview of what's going on here. We got a video to play about the. Uh, the event that's going on in Gettysburg. And then I got, boy, I got some good stuff I want to get in today. Somebody right now, make me feel better. Give me a thumbs a thumbs up. Was that show yesterday unbelievable? Was that unbelievable yesterday? About the realizing what happened. Oh, I, I'll shut up because I'm, I'm going to go there again this morning. To realize, golly, when the, when the pilgrims arrived here, they arrived into a culture and a society that was probably, for the most part, pretty godless, really. Probably was pretty godless. And so when they arrived at Plymouth, Massachusetts, see, we, we, we think that the pilgrims got off the boat and then they uh, domesticated everything. Well, they didn't. The God, oh, I, um, mm, God, it's like he started all over again in America. He put his seed in America in many different forms and they crossbred and interbred and, oh my goodness. And he created this nation, this, this group of, ah, what would you call them? This mixed breed people because why he told us no Jew, no Greek. It's not about that anymore. And he created this mass of people 
And then what did he do? Then he sent the pilgrims over. And the pilgrims came over, fling persecution. The pilgrims came over and they brought the gospel. And the pilgrims, the gospelization of America began with the pilgrims. It, went, it, it wasn't happening before that, folks. Oh, there may have been some, there may have been some Christianity here, but not, not really. It's probably a pretty barbaric country that, that everybody was in. Oh my goodness. I got I, I can't believe the number of emails I got from people yesterday saying, wow, 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 wow. I had no idea. Remember, a lot of things they've taught us isn't true. And a lot of things that are true, they haven't taught us. And understand this, that he is the father of lies. The Bible says there is no truth in him. No truth in him. If the devil tells you the truth, it has to be a lie. He can't, he's incapable of speaking the truth, right? And so if you look at what, what's happened to us, we live in a culture and a society and a church, dare I say it, in a church where Christ no longer reigns. The word of God no longer reigns whether it's been secularized or whether it's been uh, whatever, homogenized or whatever word, the gospel in the churches today is not the true gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Say you get it. I get it, coach. I get it. I get it. I had a little discussion with Jeff Nell before before we got going this morning in the the pre-show about, you know, Jeff's always out street preaching, and there can't be anything more discouraging than street preaching. Because you're going in literally into the devil's hell to pr- try to preach truth to, to the lost. And the opposition is always, always strong and discouraging. And I sense on Jeff sometimes there's a spirit of discouragement because he's always getting rejected. Folks, that's what the scriptures say is going to happen to you. So listen, if you're going to do that, then you can't get beat down by the rejection because that's what he he said. You're going to be rejected by your mother and your sister and your brother and your cousin and your uncles. They're all going to reject it. That's what that's what he told us, right? And and look, so so we got a happy slappy. Everything's okay, Christianity. There's no conflict in Christianity. Everybody goes along and gets along. We love the homosexuals. We love the transgenders. We love the abortionists. We love the pagans. We, love, we Jesus loves everybody. So therefore, they're setting you up even more, Jeff, because you're going out into a world where they think you're the idiot, <laughs> right? We got we got a real broad is the way, narrows the gate. Many go, few find it. By the way, uh, uh, depart from me. Uh, I did, I, did, have we met? You've been serving me your whole life. You've been going to church. You've been an elder. You've been a lector. You, you've, been, you've been head of the parking lot ministry at your church. Pardon me. Did, have we met each other? Have you ever introduced yourself to me? Folks, this is so real. So real. And the truth of the matter is most of the people that you come in contact with and go to church with them will not inherit the kingdom of God. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't want to argue that. I'm just trying to open your eyes to understand few, few. It's easier for a rich man. I'm sorry. It's easier for a cam- for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. The eye of the needle, by the way, was the entrance into the city. When you went into the city of Jerusalem, they had an entrance in front of it, and it was called the eye of the needle. And so, when Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, didn't you always think that was kind of crazy? Why would they put a camel trying to get him into thread him into? No, 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 no. No, they said it's easier for a camel, an animal, to get into town than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. We got a lot of rich people ain't gonna make it. Huh? Well, not, I'm not saying it. The Lord said it. It's easier. They're gonna make it, maybe but it ain't gonna be easy. Because you, uh, Jesus said, He's not gonna have all that stuff before me. He said, I'll have no other gods before me. Don't you bring your money before me? Don't you bring everything that you've accumulated? I ain't interested in any of that. Don't you come dragging your title in here, doctor this and professor that and uh, reverend this and 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 uh, uh, bishop that and and apostle this and uh, don't you <laughs> don't you be bringing any other thing before? You, listen, dude, you're gonna stand before me, and you're gonna stand before me naked as you are. Your mommy ain't gonna be there. Your daddy ain't gonna be there. Your your wife ain't gonna be there. Your pastor ain't gonna be there. Your priest ain't gonna be there. And the Virgin Mary ain't gonna be there. You're going to stand before the Lord, and you are going to give an account for every deed that you've done. That's why broad is the way, and there is the gate. Hmm? 
all the way. Because see, we teach we teach a Christianity that everybody, come on, come on, everybody, come on, say this prayer and come on, say this prayer and come on, come on, hey, say that prayer right over here and repeat after me, repeat after me. Sorry, Jesus, I want I want to want you to be my uh, king, and I'm sorry for all my sins. <laughs> come on in, come on, come. Maybe that's cheap grace. That's cheap grace. This won't fail the church, but I'm telling I'm telling you the truth this morning. Myra, get ready to pray us in. Then Craig or whoever's going to talk a little bit. We got some good stuff this morning about what's going on in Maryland and re- repentance. I got some other great stuff I want to get get to today. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, Coach, I will be glad to. So, it is one Samuel sixteen four through seven. That is First Samuel sixteen four four through seven. seven. Okay. Go ahead. Yes, it is written. And Samuel did watch the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. Wait a minute, he did what? Wait, hang on, what did he do? He did what the Lord told him to do? He obeyed the Lord? Okay, go ahead. And came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming. Uh I bet they did. Yes, and he's coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? Oh, don't you come in here to stir things up, dude. Go ahead. And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the oh. Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And the sanctified Jesse and his sons. And called them to the sacrifice. When got his boys. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked to Eliab and say, Surely the Lord's anointing is before him. No, the Lord's anointed. Anointed. In other words, they saw the anointing on those who showed up. So wow, something special about those guys. Go ahead. But the Lord say unto Samuel. Uh-uh. No, 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 Samuel. Go ahead. Look not on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. No, 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 Myra, you didn't emphasize that enough. Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature or the title that he has or his what potentate he think he is, because I have refused right you can bring him in here all all buttered up and painted up and looking good he could be arnold schwarzenegger bring that boy right here it's all good Uh -uh. i i don't like it (laughs) i don't like it go ahead for the lord seeth not as man seeth for man looketh on the outward appearance but the lord looketh at the heart amen Holy Spirit, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our, our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Do me a real quick favor. Thank amen. you. Uh, pull up the Gettysburg vid real, real, real quickly for me, Spencer. Pull that up there for me. Uh, Craig and Mel or whoever, will give you a chance to get in here. This is a new video that we've created. It's the second one down, bud. Yeah, nope. That's it. New video. Uh, Joe uh, Joe did the reading of it, and uh, Rusty's son put his, this together. This is the this is the new Gettysburg video. Go ahead. A calling to the people of the United States of America in the month of September, twenty twenty two to be of a contrite and humble spirit, remorseful of the sins of our nation and its people during our generations covering the last 70 years. We have abandoned the Most High God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who indwelled mankind in the flesh through his son Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was crucified, buried, and rose to life on the third day and now sits at the right hand of the Father. We as a people of this great nation 
have been so richly blessed by the bountiful providence of God's hand on our country over the centuries. We as a people must now bear the burden of a nation who has turned its back and withdrawn from its historical cords of honoring the scriptural and moral truths outlined in the Bible. Amen. By denying these moral truths and not letting them reside in our hearts and minds of the people, as in days past, we as a people have set ourselves up for the Most High God to remove His providential hand of blessings from our nation. We have set ourselves up for judgment to be decreed upon this land. Our sins as a people, by omission as well as commission, have brought our country <coughs> to the brink of collapse from within and amongst ourselves. Therefore, we are calling on all God-fearing Americans and ministers to lead their respective congregations to be of one accord, daily bowing our hearts and getting on bended knee in the month of September 2022, to be united and of one accord in a spirit of humility, prayer, remorse, with fasting for the sins of our nation and its people. We ask that you pledge to daily take up this calling from the Lord to intercede on behalf of our country and its people. We ask for a Holy Spirit outpouring of conviction upon the churches and peoples that we will confess, repent, and turn from our wicked ways, returning to teaching and obeying the biblical morality and truth defined in the Holy Scriptures. We as a nation have many sins to atone for. We ask that you be in agreement and of one accord on these six topics with intercessory prayer. As the Holy Spirit leads you in this endeavor, please add other areas that are placed upon your heart. These six areas listed below have played a pivotal role in provoking God to bring judgment upon this nation. We as a people have embraced these sins instead of repenting and turning from them. Number one, abortion, the shedding of innocent blood. Number two, homosexual sin, which runs rampant in the country. Number three, sexual immorality, pornography, lewdness, and lascivious behavior, especially on our youth. Number four, breakup of the natural family, rampant divorce, Supreme Court redefining marriage. Number five, failure of God's church leaders and its people to defend biblical truth in the public domain. Number six, injustice, human trafficking, gluttony, lack of empathy to our fellow man and their plight. May God hear our intercessory pleas and have mercy upon our people and our nation. Amen. Boy, that's well done, Joe. Uh, um, Rusty's son who put that thing together, that, that's well done. Um, we have to have our heart broken over the things that break the heart of the Lord, folks. And we just, uh, at this point, the idea of, repair, of prayer and repentance is nothing more than just a, sorry, Lord, sorry, forgive me for that. Cheap grace. Cheap grace abounds. Deb O'Brien, come on in. <clears throat> Myra, while we're waiting on Debbie, she's probably on delay. Go ahead. Coach, I just want to give praise and glory to the Lord for us and for this beautiful work um, done by Rusty, his son, and um, Silver, and uh, Greg. Uh, we're just an awesome team. So I have some uh, Mark 10, 25. Um, I apologize. That's Mark four fifteen. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has drawn. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Folks, you, uh, you're not going to believe this. Myra has already twice this morning stuck her toe into scriptures that I have, I'm going to talk about today. So I know this is under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Debbie, Debbie can you come in yet? Are you able to? <clears throat> Need to unmute yourself. While we wait, Roger, come on in. Oh, I was so touched by, I think it said, he said, defend biblical truth or defend the gospel, but yes. in the public, in the public domain. Amen. That's what the churches have not done. That's right. We've had great Sunday mornings. We've had great Amen. gatherings on Sunday in the safety of the church building. Amen. But there's not been defending biblical truth in the public domain. Amen, Raj. You're all over it there. All over it. Mel, before I bring you in here real quickly, <clears throat> uh, Spencer, if you could. <coughs> I'm sorry. I got a little cough here this morning. Bring up. It's in the first one. It says Middle Creek Manor. Uh, folks, this is where we're going to be staying. By the way, we got a great donation. The place is paid for. But we're still going to uh, require you to pay something to come because it makes a requirement from you. And we have other expenses, okay? This is the place where the first 30 people who sign up, and we, we'll get to all that. This is where we're going to be staying. This is called Middle Creek Manor, all right? This is the conference room, the kitchen downstairs. Everybody's going to have a um, first 30 people. I don't know why they want to show us refrigerators. It's, I mean, washers and dryers. It's all good. This ain't some slum that we're going to be standing. There's the double beds. Every room has a bathroom. So uh, uh, we'll, right now we're not able to uh, take reservations because we just don't have it set up on the Internet yet. But this is where everybody's going to be staying, the first 30 people that are able to do it. And as we said, you can do locally uh, your own prayer and repentance locally right where you are. Okay, cool. Uh, come on in, Mel. Thanks, Coach. Um, I don't know if Craig's in here. I wanted to kind of give him first option, but the manor looks beautiful. And um, Spencer, if you could go to the LibertyActionNetwork.com website. Um, I spent some time last night getting the final press release information out to um, Coach and to John Diamond. Um, if you could go to the actions page, thank you. Just go ahead and scroll down there if you would. So what we have now are the print and share pieces. And we also by, the have way, Mel, by, by the way, Mel, this should be on the front page. They shouldn't have to go to the action page. This should be the front page. Go ahead. Thanks, Coach. And then um, we've got the um, original video that we had. And, and if you scroll down a little bit more, we now have the second um, video that, that Coach just played. Um, we're going to be adding some more um, PDF links. I just went ahead and put those down below. Um, I worked the best that I could last night to try to make that happen. But um, anyway, we're still in development. This is going to be the hub for information. This is going to be where you're going to want to send people to is to the libertyactionnetwork.com so that they can quickly, you know, get information, get the vision. Spencer, if you would also go to the forum, we have some people that have started to, you know, really gather there and to start making, having communication. And this gets back to what we had described, you know, over the last, you know, several weeks about different roles that people will play. Um, if you're a registered member on the Liberty Action Network, you can come in here and have discussions about the, the event in general and specifically how each of the teams are going to be responding to this event. So, um, but um, Craig and Bobby Lee, they're working on the details for the event for the weekend. My role really is to kind of work behind the scenes and really to make this Liberty Action Network um, location a hub, also to help get information out to different influencers and groups. So um, I, I appreciate your attention and your activity on here. And we um, it's really up to us. We are we are the group that's going to make this Spread happen. Spread the word. Spread the word. Spread yeah. the word, folks. Spread the word. We believe that it's going to be God-breathed. Go ahead and spread the word. I'm going to try one more time. Debbie, did you want to get in? Your hand's up there. Not, Craig, come on in while we're waiting on, on this. Anything to add okay. to this, Craig? Uh, I, I sent the uh, event form to Gary Pierce where we're going to put the information on the cost and everything. So there's 30 beds, but if you want, they have air mattresses or you can bring an air mattress yes. on that you, kind of you, stuff. There's other rooms. Sleeping bag, a mattress. We got we got another area that you can sleep in. So we're we're getting all that together, okay, folks. Just bear with us on it, okay? Go ahead. I'm that's sorry. That, that's coming, and then uh, you know we're just finalizing the uh, the Monday type thing here. So 
and hopefully we'll have a lot of this nailed down here, you know, by the end of the week or at the latest, you know, Monday next week. But I mean, the exciting yeah. thing is, is this, uh, this is getting ready to go out to what, 20, 30, 40,000 emails and big organizations. So this thing's going to start getting legs. So, you know, get, get ahead of it and start sharing it with people. Uh, Mel has a, I guess a Facebook. I don't know if she's put it on there. You know, that's what we need to do. We need to share it because this is, this is about um, the, everybody, the churches, the, the apostate church and the alive church. We all need to be on board with what this is because Amen. the Lord Amen. cares about everybody. Amen. I have, I was on a show last night. I won't say what it was. And, and, uh, one of the callers was upset. Said, "You guys are Abraham Lincoln was a scoundrel." Well, I, listen, this ain't about Abraham Lincoln, all right? <laughs> it ain't about Abraham Lincoln. It's about us right here, right now, today, right? And Abraham Lincoln, like him or love him or hate him or whatever, Abraham Lincoln did, in fact, issue a proclamation for a time of humiliation and prayer. That's the model. It's not the man, all right? It's like just like everything else. See, we love to pick at everything, don't we? We love to pick. So spread the word with that as, as much as you can. Um, we thank you, as, as as Craig explained yesterday, maybe didn't explain to me, a new follower, uh, a new, I don't know how to sp- say it, uh, someone who's just kind of joined the queue re- uh, recently was watching yesterday, and we said, you know, I was whining about, you know, covering our expenses, because there's going to be a lot of expenses with it, friends, okay? going to be. And that, that person called Craig, got a hold of Craig, says, I'll – 5,000 bucks, I'll put 5,000 bucks down. So that took the pressure off of past assault because our expenses are probably going to be more than that when we're all said and done. And as I was organizing it, Craig and these guys were bringing these great ideas to me. I'm, I'm seeing dollar signs. Not that I don't worry about money, but but the reality of it is, right? So we'll, we'll, that's why you, if you say, well, coach, why do, if it's paid for, why do I have to pay to come? Well, I just explained to you why. It's going to be a lot of expenses involved with it otherwise, okay? So we don't know exactly how much uh, it's going to take for you to stay for the weekend. We're working on that, doing some numbers, and we'll try to get that out to you tomorrow. But if you are interested in staying in that place, you better get your reservations and only room for 30 people. Only room for 30 people to sleep in those beds. So you better somehow, some way, let us know that, that you want uh, you want one of those rooms, okay? We can now if you're single, then we can you know, we can share it with somebody. But I think it's probably going to be husbands and wives. I didn't want to spend all day on this. I, I got someplace I want to go with it. Okay, cool. We're doing all right. Thanks, Mel and Craig and and Rusty and uh, everybody else that's working behind the scenes. Uh, what a team we got! A we have a remarkable team. That's my really just saying. I killed that. I killed that cricket the other day. He ain't cricket anymore. Jim and the cricket. He's dead. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to double back a little bit. Go ahead, Raj. I saw that. I saw you flipping there. Go ahead. I just wanted to know very specifically where do we send money to support it? Is it through your organization, yes. your ministry, yes. or through Liberties? No, go 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 through Pass Assault. Go through Pass Assault, and we'll we'll divvy we'll divvy it out from there. Good question. Great question, Roger. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, folks. I I don't know what you, again. I got I got a lot of e- emails on yesterday's show. Uh, talking about, uh, <laughs> you know, the environment into which Christianity arrived. You do understand that, don't you? From 1492, when Chris, when Christopher Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and he landed 1492 until 1620. Was that when the Pilgrims landed? Pilgrims landed 1620? Do the, do the math on that. That's two centuries. Two centuries. And unfortunately, whether we want to admit this or not, there were people here before Christopher Columbus showed up. There are people here. And I, I would say this, that God in his infinite wisdom, he created in the America, which became, by the way, the living, the shining city set on a hill. It was America. And the shining city set on a hill. Isn't it amazing that this shining city set on a hill upon which God was going to smile started in chaos, started in chaos. That America, whatever this thing was when they arrived in 1492 and the indigenous, whatever that word means, the indigenous people were here. There was clearly a lot of crossbreeding that took place from 1492 till, right? I mean, come on, man. Come on. Let's be honest here, right? We're no pure bloodline of anything out there. And I can just see it so clearly in the eyes of the Lord that he said, I'm starting, I'm starting with a, a what do we call those guys? I'm starting with a mess of people. 
I'm starting with <laughs> crossbreeding central, baby. Ain't no Jew, ain't no Greek, ain't no nothing here. I'm starting at the bottom. We're cleaning the, everything up. We're starting over. And they started over. And what happened in 1620? The pilgrims brought came, and they brought the gospel, the kingdom of God. Do you see that? Does anybody, did anybody see that yesterday other than me? That the, that the gospel came, just not to the Indians. There were all kinds of people already here. When the pilgrims showed up on Mayflower, when they came across there, and they said, listen, they, they were fleeing religious persecution, but they came to evangelize this lost world. And here we are in America today. And I didn't know till yesterday, not to the, the depth of it, till I went through it yesterday, we went through that yesterday, that so many people were brought here as indentured servants. That your ancestor, somewhere, if you go back and follow, somewhere, sometimes, someplace, somebody in your line was a slave. Now, we didn't call it that, but that's what they were. They were indentured servants, meaning I was your slave. Well, Spencer, I did a little bit more digging this morning. Pull up indentured servants. The next, the last thing. Just a real quick, again, a little, little bit more of an overview so that we all can understand this. This is the encyclopedia. I don't, I don't know where I found this. Indentured servants. Indentured servitude was an important form of labor utilized in British North America during the colonial and early national periods. Bound laborers came in a variety of forms, and their experience changed significantly over the time period. The term indentured servant applied to the largest and broadest group of European immigrants who sold their labor for a period of years in exchange for passage to the New World. Indentured servants first appeared in the Chesapeake colonies, but they were also present in the middle colonies and lower south Appalachia. The term redemptor applies to the 18th century immigrants, usually from Germany and Switzerland, but also from England and Ireland, who traveled to the colonies in family groups and sold their labor upon arrival to repay the cost of passage. This group was most common in Pennsylvania. Third group transported convicts became more prevalent after the Transportation Act. They usually went to Virginia and Maryland, more of English, Scottish, or Irish descent. Likened legal standing and contracts likened to slaves and that masters that almost complete control of them. Folks, these are white Europeans who are enslaved to other white men. You guys picking it up. Tell me you're picking it up. This whole lie, this whole lie of white privilege. Reflecting the colony's British heritage that did the impulse to apprenticeship. Going down, going up, Spencer. I'm sorry. So here's what happened. Several... So servant contracts varied in length. For adults who were sometimes able to negotiate their contract based on their skill levels, periods of service usually lasted for four to seven years. When you showed up on the new land, you had four to seven year contract, you were some dude's slave. In reality, this meant that most servants did not achieve their freedom until they were in their mid-20s. Until they were free, servants could not marry without the consent of their master. These are white people, folks. Huh? Anglo-Saxons. This restriction had long-term consequences on colonial population. At the end of the indenture, servants received their freedom and freedom dues. Migration. Going down, let's show you something. Indentured servants played a critical role. Estimated to have made up 75% of 17th century migrants were indentured servants. Did you guys know that? 75% of those who came over here, came over as slaves. White slaves, folks. White privilege. They continued to arrive in significant numbers during the 18th century, especially in the middle colonies. Most 17th century servants were drawn from the mass of the increasingly mobile English population, unable to find work. 18th century bond immigrants came from more diverse backgrounds for a variety of reasons. With many of the previous centuries, challenges in England resolved, yada, yada, going down. Go on down. Keep on going down. Oh, this is all good. Uh, Look, as the southern colonies came to rely upon African slave labor in the 18th century, the type of labor in which indentured servants engaged and the opportunities for advancement changed. Most worked as agricultural laborers. Here's what happened. White guys came over and they learned to farm because they knew if they learned to farm, they could go start their own home. So these indentured servants came and worked in the fields and labored to learn a skill that they would be able to use to, to raise a family. By the end of the early 18th century, however, reduced availability of land, a more complex economy combining agriculture, nascent industries, urban commercial ventures, and other more diverse 
plentiful supply of labor, change the nature of servitude and the opportunities for freed servants. Going down one more time, I'm going to get off of this. Uh, warning of servitude. An important shift came during the revolutionary period, especially in Philadelphia, with growing economic instability, increased stratification of welfare. The uh, no longer purchased long-term servants because their costs grew. Inflation, they couldn't buy long-term slaves anymore. The greater number of journeymen unable to raise the capital for their own business provide a ready supply of wage earners whose costs were tied to supply and demand. Wage laborers also permitted a greater flexibility in hiring that was valuable during periods of economic instability. Yada, 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 yada. What do we find out? Most of these guys, the shift to the market economy after the American Revolution and in the early 19th century signaled the demise of bound labor or apart from slaves and an appealing choice for employees. The market revolution guaranteed the dominance of wage labor. Most guys when they came here, 19-year-old guys were slave laborers till they were 26 years old. Seven years of slavery, they call it involuntary servitude, white men in service of other white men. Yes, the black men were here. They were part of it as well. And when the, uh, the whole revolution took place, I'm sorry, when the Civil War took place, it was because most of America had moved beyond indentured servitude, but blacks were still enslaved, and the Emancipation Proclamation changed what was the, the legality of all that. Whew, that's a lot. Put that in the chat. They have lied to us, folks, and they're using racism as the weapon to divide and conquer America. When, in fact, every one of you came here, your fathers, grandfathers, came here as a slave. Joe, come on in. Uh, thank you, Coach. Sort of a personal family testimony that of exactly what you're saying. Um, during the Revolutionary War, uh, one of my ancestors was uh, an indentured servant, happened to have been conscripted from uh, uh, King George via his uh, German heritage. It was a uh, Hessian soldier, or he was with the Hessians, but I think it was from actually from Potsdam. And he was and he was an indigenous servant, and he got fed up, and he exited his indigenous servitude with a price on his head, a death price, and then went to a place, a wild place at that time called Kentucky, and uh, there he met a native girl and settled, exactly like you're saying. Can you imagine what his life probably was? Now, folks, a native look, American. Let me, spiritualize, let me spiritualize this for you, okay? Uh, the Lord's really been really been hammering me on, on this over the last 24 hours. The Jews were God's chosen people. We were told that, right? The Jews were. When Jesus Christ came, he said, it's finished. Now, the old system is done away with. It's finished. Paul said, there's no Jew, there's no Greek. Huh? You are a child of God by conversion. You are a child of God, not by your birthright. You are now a child of God by personal invitation and personal decision. That's how you enter into the family of God. There's no longer Jew. There's no longer Greek. There's no longer any of this outward appearance of some type of special people. It no longer is there. And so the Lord, when he starts over this great, when he begins this great thing called America, he has the most unbelievable melting pot that you could ever have. It was just a combination, a mixture of people so varied, so many try to trust, try to check the DNA down through there. Can you imagine the mess that DNA was all throughout the Appalachians down through the 1492 till the pilgrims showed up in 1620 to 1776 when the declaration, that's almost, that's almost 200, almost 300 years of genetic mess. And the Lord sent the pilgrims and said, okay, go evangelize that. And out of that mess, there was a time in America when upwards of 85% of the citizens considered themselves Christ followers. Now, if you can't see the miracle of God there literally saying no Jew, no Greek, and none of that bloodline lineage, the only bloodline lineage that matters is the blood of my son, the perfect sacrifice, and all who will can come and be part of the family. 
it's 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 absolutely a re- remarkable thing. Remarkable thing that happened. And isn't it amazing that today? I, listen, I know I'm going to offend some of you. I don't care. I don't care because today they're doing everything they can in religious circles to return you back to a special group of people called the Jews. That, that make me a Jew. You think that makes me a Jew hater? Jew? What is that? I hate spicks. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Huh? Jew hater because I tell the truth. The Jews were God's chosen people. They were the vehicle through which he brought his son. They were important. But Jesus said, it's over, dude. Now you're Melungeons. And now you're hillbillies. And now you're hicks. And all who will can come and be part of this great special family that I have. Am I making sense to anybody out there but me? Because they're trying to bring us again back into spiritual bondage through bloodline. There's only one bloodline. Only one bloodline. And this is the greatest, one of the greatest burdens that we are facing in America today. Is not understanding who we are and that your DNA ain't got nothing to do with it anymore. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Jew and Greek. (laughs) Huh? Come on, man. There's only the saved and the unsaved. Yet we want to focus all of our attention. I know I'm making some of you nervous. I know Mm. I am. Listen, I'm God's chosen people. I am. Vinny, you are. Black as you are. You're God's chosen people. Dr. Paul, no hair on his head. He is one of God's chosen people. It ain't got anything to do with his lineage. It doesn't have anything to do with who his grandpa was or his grandma. It ain't got nothing to do with any of that, right? We all fall at the feet of our Lord and Savior, and we are cleansed and purified by one blood. If you can't see the miracle of America based on that one blood, then it's no wonder we're so, so confused. Amen. And we, we are doing everything we can still to divide over stupid, the Bible says foolish and unlearned questions of void, for they do engender strife. We are fighting over theology. We're fighting over doctrine. We're fighting over skin color. We're fighting over birthright. We're fighting all of, over all this stuff. When the Lord said, stop it. It's finished. Stop it. We still don't get it. Beth, come on in. Amen, Coach. I just want to say that's because the bloodline to them is important. They have their division. The bloodlines that they feel are superior. Amen. And you know, that's where it all comes from. Amen. Hey, Beth, you think the Queen of England thinks she's one of us? Does anybody out there think the Queen of England thinks she's one of us? Does anybody out there think B.B. Netanyahu thinks he's one of us? Anybody out there think that? Huh? Uh, I'm sorry, folks, if you believe that. Huh? I'm sorry. Anybody out there think Louis Farrakhan thinks he's one of us? No, no, no. Bilderbergers, you think they're one of us? You think Hillary Clinton thinks he's one of us? Can't you see, can't you see that they are trusting some in trust in horses, some in trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. That is the heart and root of Christianity. Jesus, goodness gracious, he opened up America, sent all breeds over there, they interbred, and then he brings in the gospel. And the entire continent was converted. So, somebody make me feel good. Am I the am I the only guy that sees this? If am I the only guy that sees this? And what are they trying to do? They're trying to take us back. They're trying to take back the bloodlines. Jesus said, "That's over. It's finished. It's done. It's done." Not gonna work. Boom. Not gonna work, man. It's not gonna work. I feel like I'm alone. Nobody got anything to say. Nobody want to defend it. Please do not know. Yeah, that's right. Come on in, Silver. I'll defend it, Coach. Um, All right. The, one of the issues that we have here is when we make the statements that there's no Jew, no Greek, any of that kind of stuff, we uh, basically say to the, to the rest of Scripture that none of that is important, okay, such as the Ten Commandments, such as 
the feasts that we celebrate, uh, such as um, the rebuilding of the the temple and the altar of sacrifice. That's going to happen, okay? Mm -hmm. And we have to find a way to say that that is important yet irrelevant to your salvation. Amen. And I would say, I would say this, Joe, I would say this, this, this is where the rub comes folks. Right. Here's the rub. Are you looking at me? I'm God's chosen person. I am. I am. I am as well. Not being Netanyahu. Correct. All of those who come call upon the name of the Lord, they are God's chosen people. Folks, it's not, it's not bloodline lineage anymore. It's not blood. I'm, I'm not here to disparage the Old Testament, the following of the, the feast. I'm not, I'm not, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a people group that for some reason we in Christianity want to elevate above anybody. Else. Am I making somebody nervous this morning? I'm not trying to make you nervous. I'm not, huh? The most, most righteous Jew in America today, I don't know who that would be, is not in right standing with Christ if he's not received the blood of Jesus. Amen. Agreed. Amen. And what do we focus on? We focus on outward appearances, don't we? The Lord said, don't do that. Don't do that. And that's what we do. Mike McKee, come on in. Hey, Coach, it's long been my uh, belief that no one came to this country or this land accidentally. The Lord brought them here because they prayed wherever they were in the world to, to find freedom, liberty, and justice, which was found here. And nobody came here by accident. But Mike, it wasn't here till the pilgrims showed up. Yeah. They brought the they brought the gospel to America, friends. The pilgrims brought it. There were people here. There was a messed up mixed breed culture here, and the pilgrims showed up. And within 150 years, America had been Christianized. That's that's the truth. That's the truth of it. Randy. Coach, there's only one covenant, new covenant in Christ's blood. That's the only one, nothing else. I don't care what anybody tells you. You're right. But, but Coach, look at the the history tells it all. The history. Okay, if these people came over here, the pilgrims, the the, the, the Menungeons, whatever you call all of it, it doesn't matter where, who evolved into what, who came from what. And great lesson. This is an awesome lesson. But the point is, Coach, None of that, if they didn't know anything about the Old Testament, if they didn't know anything about anything, when Wesley and the, they came over here in the early 1700s and, and Christianized what was here, is what you're talking about, they, they didn't have to know anything but Christ. Right. Anything but I mean, I, I study the feast. I know they're there for purpose. I understand them. But but if you if you don't see everything in Christ, everything got his went through Christ. Everything. If you don't understand that, we don't understand where God's going. And that to me, what you're trying to show us in the truth and history here is to so we can move on without being hung up with all the traditional Amen. stuff Amen. holding us back. That's the whole Amen. point truth, Coach, and I appreciate you. Applaud you. The, the Bible says where there's unity, God will command the blessing, and the entire Christian world is not about unity, it's about division. Denominations, this people, that people, Baptists, Lutherans, Methodists, well, the Lord's got to be up. Just, he got to just be shaking his head and how, how did we get here? How did we get here? Roger. No, I, you know, I've listened to the last couple programs twice, and, and they are very good. Um, the, the, you almost want to have, I almost, you know, the truth about slavery, um, the yes. truth about racism um, would be good little books. But, you know, I, the, uh, when the pilgrims came, you know, by force and gunpowder, they changed this nation for the gospel. And um, I don't know if that's a proper way to say it, but that's what happened. Well, Roger, they came. Folks, are you ready? I'm sorry. They came to expand the gospel. They came. Oh, this is my next one. I'm not going to have time to it. They came. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. They came to bring the kingdom of Christ to this new world. 
the and kingdom. All, and what we hear is they came and put chicken pox in the pillowcases. That's right. Um, <laughs> Amen. Amen. They came to expand the gospel of the kingdom of God into all places. And wherever you are today, wherever Christianity is thriving today, you can, wherever freedom is thriving today, you can bet a, a, you can bet a Christian took it there. You can bet it took it there. Hey, Christopher Columbus wasn't a Christian, folks. When he sailed the ocean blue in 1492, he was a pagan. He brought a bunch of pagans with him. And they raised a pagan society for 200 and some years. For two centuries, America was pagan territory. And the pilgrims showed up, and they went through hell for how long? Until uh, 1620, 150 years later, they finally declared independence. And how did they declare independence? Because every one of the colonies was set up as a denomination. Pennsylvania was Dutch Reformed, right? New York was uh, uh, Dutch, whatever New York was, I forget. Uh, Connecticut was Baptist. Church of England. Every one of those, they all had a state church. That's why when Thomas Jefferson wrote his letter, it was a separation between the church and the state because denominations grew out of the colonies. The America from 1620 to 1776 somehow was Christianized. And it was Christianized because of what happened in 1620 when the pilgrim, pilgrims first set their foot down and said, we're going to expand the kingdom of God and we're going to do it right here. And they did it. They did it. And then somewhere along the line, starting in the mid-1900s, we decided we weren't supposed to occupy it anymore. We decided it was time to give it back to the pagans. Theology matters, boys and girls. It matters. Paul Webb, come on in. Hey, Coach. Um, very good uh, teaching about that uh, because there's a very dangerous teaching being taught. It's called the 1619 Project yep. that basically is contradicting everything about Christ. And that's what's, you know, that's basically what it's about. It's destroying, it's destroying Christianity. That's what they're trying to do. They, they say about the Constitution. They say all this about, you know, we need to rewrite the Constitution. The Constitution's trash. Because these white, you know, the slave owners were, I mean, uh, many founding fathers were slave owners, stupid stuff. So it's very good what you do. And, uh, okay, Paul, so let me ask you this. More. Let, let me ask this. I want all of you to think about this out there. Uh, I grew up my whole life uh, watching uh, old movies with black slaves. You guys don't remember those, right? It always happened. And, we would always see in some of these movies the, the black men, especially in, in the, the, the stories around Gettysburg, the, you would see the Negroes, they called them, singing spiritual songs. Spiritual songs. They were very deeply spiritual. The slaves, former slaves. Hey, friends, did they bring Christianity from Africa with them? No, they were converted to Christianity in the midst of their time in the early colonial. Do you understand that, folks? Do you understand that? And that it was the gospel of the kingdom of God brought supernaturally into America and made America the Christ freedom country that we were for 150 years. That's where the battle is now. The battle is against that, pushing back against those forces of darkness. Man, oh man, oh man. Beth, did you want to come back in? Still got your hand up? Yes. Um, I just wanted to say, um, in regards to the topic of of there's no separation between nationalities and things, in Romans 11, it talks about being grafted. That's why we were grafted in by the blood of Jesus Christ. There is no separation. There is no division of what nationality, where we came from, where it all, Jesus Christ grafted us in through the blood, through his blood, his sacrifice for each of us to have this opportunity, this chance to meet God, to have a relationship with God and for our salvation. 
It is finished. What is finished? That old religious system, it's done. No Jew, no Greek. Why do we focus on, why do we focus on? Why are we, why are we taught to focus on the things that divide us? Which is exactly what's happened in Christianity. Come on in there, Mary, then Bernie. Hi, good morning. Um, just FYI, today is considered the World Day of Prayer. And previously, the White House used to do a prayer breakfast. So just to let you know that today is the World Day of Prayer. God bless. That's right. Hey, folks, last Christian president we had, who, who would that be? Reagan, Reagan maybe? Reagan? Huh? That's debatable. Reagan? Look at, look, at, look at what we've come through. Obama? Trump? What question is Christianity, really? This dude we got in there? Are you kidding me? Bernie? Yeah, thanks, Coach. The, um, I think it's important to remember that Christianity did go out to all the world, but this wasn't received everywhere. Christianity went to Africa before it went to Britain. Okay, it's been it's a matter of, and then places go through times where it's received, and then when it's not received, and then there's a time when it expands, and then it goes and it becomes institutionalized, and it goes into a different form of Christianity, which isn't really Christianity. But, Amen. You know, and there's, there's so much history we don't know. You know, John Smith, the guy from went to Jamestown. Did you know he had been a slave? No, it didn't, but it would make sense. He'd been in in the battle. He was pressing the slavery, iron ring around his neck and everything. These guys didn't experience these things, too. And uh, we're just missing so much history. And remember, Bernie, did did indentured servants continue after the pilgrims evangelized? No. No, Uh, it's not. Wait wait a minute. how much do you owe the national debt? Are you not a different? <laughs> That's a different thing, dude. That's a different I mean, thing. You can't be against slavery and poor income tax because Amen. income tax is a form of slavery. Amen. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Social Security, we could go on and on. and We're indentured servants and don't even know it, man. I, I cry freedom. I want some freedom. Mary Kelly, come on in. <clears throat> No, your hand was up. Myra. Coach, I feel blessed and I learned so much. Thank you, Mel, for your liberty um, actions uh, that you do in your website. I, w- I would like to read um, Revelation, Revelation 7, 9 to 10. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with the white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Hallelujah! Amen, amen, amen. Listen, I, I, I can't get away from this. I got to say it, okay? <clears throat> is, uh, will, there be, will there be a special section in heaven for non-saved Jews? Is, are, are, are they going to have like their own apartment complex or someplace up there? Ain't going to happen, is it, boys and girls? Ain't going to happen. The only way those Jews and those Muslims and just an unsaved Joe down on the at, at the bar, the only way all three of those peoples are going to get to heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the only way any of them are going to get there, right? And yet we want to divide and divide and divide. That's why the theme is uni- unity, unity, all in one accord of our prayer and repentance. Randy, wrap us up here, Randy. Coach, the, the whole point is the United States of America was founded to advance the kingdom of God. There, that's there, no other answer. That's it. And God blessed it as long as it did. And when it hasn't, he's, he's judged. Oh, okay. so that's the way it is. Yeah. 
He has to judge it. He has to judge it, right? No man can serve two masters. No man can. You can't save, you can't serve the Lord and the government. Sorry. Because the government is directly opposed to the kingdom of God. It's, folks, there's nothing new under the sun. Do you remember why Jesus got in trouble with the Jews? He got in trouble with the Jews because he came preaching another kingdom. They said, oh, let's get him to Pilate because he's trying to overthrow the government. Jesus said, you dummies, you don't even get it. I'm bringing a spiritual kingdom. I'm bringing a new way. I'm expanding the kingdom of God into every area of the world, into every heart, into every man's life. That's what I'm bringing. And they couldn't have it because the government, Caesar, wanted to be king. Today, Washington, D.C. wants to be king. Some things never change. See you tomorrow.